Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, here we are back with our number two. And of course, uh, as uh, as we do every last Wednesday of the month, we are uh, privileged to have in the studio with us Peter Wood from the logging industry. And Peter has a special guest this morning from uh, a company that is well known in the logging industry of making some of the finest logging products available anywhere. Peter, you want to introduce your guest? Well, hello, Brad. Yeah, Peter Wood here again. Uh, And we have a very special guest from all the way up from Chicago, Illinois, Megan Hargrave, and uh, representing the John Deere Corporation. It was been talking to her for probably, I don't know, four months ago to see if she'd come back on, maybe six months ago. She's a busy lady. And uh, it's best that she describes what she does because she has a grocery list long of what she actually does. <laughs> and I'll screw that up if I talk because my technology is like sledgehammer and torches, you know, and hers is very yeah, precision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good right. morning. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Well, it's nice to have you back. You were here almost about a year ago now, weren't you? Yes, I was. Okay. It was like in so February. Explain, yeah, it was in February. That's right. Okay. So, Megan, talk a little bit about what your position is with John Deere and how you help the logging industry out. Sure. So, I'm a territory sales manager for John Deere. I've been doing this for a little over two years. I have the pleasure of working with five different dealers in the upper Midwest, McCoy Construction and Forestry being one of them here in Minnesota. And my job is to meet with my dealers and meet with customers and help get more John Deere equipment in the hands of customers. And in my previous role, I was working closely with the new technology that we were developing on our forestry equipment. Well, and, and I think we talked about that a little bit last time when you were in, was that uh, one of your jobs was to kind of go out and talk to loggers as they use your equipment out in the field and and actually take recommendations from them on uh, uh, on how they think something could be improved or maybe even uh, a piece of equipment that isn't even ex- in existence out there yet. Uh, they might come up with an idea that you might take back to the company. Yes, that's exactly what I did, and it was so much fun. I got to meet with different loggers and customers around the world, U.S. and Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Latin America, and ask them, what are we missing? What are the gaps in your operation when it comes to technology, and how can we help you produce more in less time? So I got to do that, and I still get to do that a little bit today, too, because there's a lot of forestry in my area of responsibility, thankfully. So it's been incredible to see the evolution of technology, where it was five, ten years ago, to where it is today. Well, Megan, do you still get a chance to uh, actually go out in the woods with guys like uh like Pete Wood there and uh, see how your equipment is functioning? Oh, yes, I do. Thankfully, I do. Okay. Best part of the job. Excellent. So uh, now John Deere uh, has a number of different... When we think of John Deere, of course, we automatically think of the of the green and yellow tractors out in the field that we see all over the country uh but logging is uh, is a big part of the uh, manufacturing process with john deere Oh, yes, it definitely is. Around the world, it is, whether it's our cut-to-length machines or our full-tree forestry machines, which is more prevalent here in the U.S. and Canada. Okay. So um, 
Peter, when when you talked to Megan last time, uh, now you, Megan, you're more in a sales, uh, what kind of an advisory role now? Or you you do sales, but you also uh, kind of help the logger, uh, uh, you know, understand how the equipment is going to be better suited for them, how it's going to help them be more productive, that kind of thing. Yes, definitely. My role, my main role, my main responsibility is sales um, for our dealers and John Deere, but I get the opportunity every single day to be the advocate for the customer and my job is to take the customer's message the customer's voice back to the dealership and back to john deere now um pete we're, we're gonna just you and i talking here okay. with megan can't even hear she's so. plugging her ears right now okay nobody's oh, okay, listening good, anyway good 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 uh so is john deere pretty responsive when you uh make a suggestion uh or do they kind of just ignore you and pretend like no they they they, <laughs> they very much listen we were talking last night and uh, about my thoughts on on a buncher and she will definitely take it back because the machines to me are a little bit bigger for our certain operators now whether or not it financially can be done is we would like to see a little bit of smaller machine with a smaller okay. head for cutting the trees down, but still be very fast. When you have ideas and, and, and thoughts, it takes a long time for that to actually become something. Because we were talking about that earlier. It's kind of like, let me back this up just a hair, hair. Um, okay. Remember those saw logs I had on for the parades for Stauber? Oh, yeah. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful yep. logs. Beautiful, big yeah. white pine logs. Well, we're starting to saw them up. My daughter was helping me saw some up here probably a week or two ago. And the white pine saw logs, when you saw them, I haven't sawed them for quite a long time. And it's the first time probably in, I don't know, maybe 30 years I've saw it actually, white pine, maybe a hair more. And you can see when you saw it, it comes out beautiful. Those white pine logs, you can understand when you saw them why 100 years ago they pursued them so greatly. Because when it oh, comes God. off that saw, they're beautiful, they're straight, they're nice. And you lift them up and they're straight. And it's just tremendous lumber and it's easy to saw and it does an excellent job well the machine that we're using is an old mom and pop sawmill and it's slow i mean real slow you don't do it to for production or sell and you can still do it that way you can still saw lumber that way but it's slow the newer stuff is way faster and way better you're not going to grow the trees any faster you're not going to weld equipment any faster to build it but you can build them way better. Now, either you ride in comfort or you ride in discomfort. And that's why with somebody like John Deere, when you talk to them about building a certain machine, they're going to take in, the, they're going to take in all the thoughts and ideas and to build something that's going to be very good and comfortable. Now, you can still sure. saw with the old sawmills, yes, and get beautiful lumber. But you're not going to produce enough because the object of every business is to produce more with less people and the technology is just getting more and more phenomenal every time i talk to megan it's like wow they're getting so far well, advanced and, and and pete isn't it fair to say that uh you you really don't i mean you like the bells and whistles that john deere might have in other words i you know i've got friends uh that are farmers out in north dakota i kind of grew up for a number of years in north dakota and i know that a farmer that spends his entire day in a field just going over lines and you know weeding or planting or harvesting or whatever uh, they get a little bored out there hour after hour after hour so they've got to have the the news they've got to have music they've got to have an 
air-conditioned cab. And you might like some of those features even out in the woods. But really, if if you've got all those creature comforts and it's a shiny, beautiful, painted piece of equipment and it doesn't function properly, it's still no good to you, right? So, right. so number one is number one is functionality and the amount of product that you can uh, make a dollar on. Yes, the the number one thing in, in a logger's mind is production, getting the volume out, getting it to right. the mill so you can get paid for your effort. Now, to do that, you have to have uptime. If you're working on equipment, you're not going to produce, you're not going to get paid. And that's why, like with John Deere, their, their monitoring in that is is getting more than I ever thought, even since the last time we talked about it, is getting more and more. So you're producing, remember, you want to produce more with less, more volume, because that's what you get paid for. And you still have to do quality work. Sure. And the next thing that would be great to hear from Megan is the basically how the technology has changed in the machines because yes when you're running piece of farm equipment or piece of log equipment they're only listening to 710 radio all the time and listen to talk radio they're going to have a better day we hope so that's right <laughs> but you can ride in very good comfort but you're out in the woods or out in the field or out in the mines and the machines are being monitored actually by themselves the new ones and I don't know, how old was that conception, Megan, when, is it 2010? Yeah, about that time frame. It, it varied from model to model and whether it was a forestry machine or construction. When it actually started coming out and yep. monitoring the machines, mm-hmm. and which is really something, the sensors and that on that, or what? How, how, how does that exactly work? It's... I'm still remember sledgehammer torches attitude. <laughs> so we've already talked to productivity and um, it being very important to our customers. That's obvious, but uptime is also just as important. So in order to ensure that our customers have the most uptime out of all of our um, pieces of equipment, we um, installed hundreds of sensors throughout you know that machine to monitor oil pressures, to monitor idle times, to ensure that we can work together as John Deere and the dealership working with that customer, we want to be able to see if the engine is going to fail on that machine, we want to know it's going to fail days in advance. So that way we can schedule okay. downtime, we can make the um, the updates to the machine that need to be made, and that way everybody's happy in the end, and that customer can still produce as much as he needs to produce to be profitable. Megan, when, you, uh, when John Deere comes out with a new piece of equipment or an upgrade on a, on a logger, feller bunch, or whatever it happens to be, um, before you actually put it into production and start selling it uh, to loggers like Peter, do you distribute it to a few to test it out to make sure that this thing really functions in a uh, hands-on environment? Or how do, how do you test market your products? Good question. So we do a combination of different types of testing. Number one, we put it in the field. We want um, some of our customers to use that machine and put as many hours on that machine every single day for weeks at a time because we want to put that machine through all different testing and all different elements to ensure that it's going to perform like that customer needs needs it to perform. And then we also have internal testing, too, at the factories where we're putting that machine up on platforms and we're shaking it and we're putting it through all of the extreme measures that that machine might experience throughout its lifetime. Okay. Do you you find uh, that sometimes when you build equipment for the logging industry that maybe it's even a little, you have to have a little... uh, 
a little firmer, a little stronger construction because it's going to be banging into trees and stuff all the time? Or or does it make any difference? I suppose uh, quality is quality, period, right? Oh, it definitely makes a difference. So even the glass on the front of the cabs of all of our forestry equipment is um, different than the glass or um, that would be on our, a piece of construction equipment or even farming equipment. It has to be able to withstand trees falling on the cab. We have to ensure that that operator is safe 100% of the time, whether he rolls that piece of equipment or a tree falls on that piece of equipment. Don't you remember a few years, I remember probably 10, 15 years ago, wasn't it that some of those windshields could take like a shot of a 22 gun or something like that and withstand it? Oh, I believe it. Yeah. It's unreal, but I remember hearing that. It's quite a while ago, but yeah, it actually would take a bullet. And wouldn't let the bullet through. I mean, we don't want to try this. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, at all. No, uh, you're not going to sit there and <laughs> no. be the target. Okay, take a shot. Let's see what happens. No, no, but I remember hearing about that. And you, it's true, isn't it, Megan, that there is a theory of that, that it's that tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yes. unbelievably tough. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was hearing Megan talk about it, I, I could visualize that uh, you you got a tree out there and you're starting to cut it, and it snaps back on you and comes up at the cab. You want to make sure that that cab window or the cab itself will stop uh, that tree from entering the cab and impaling the driver, I'm sure. Yes. It does happen. You'll have stuff come up and hit the cab, and it sounds like somebody did shoot at you it sounds like taking a baseball bat and wrapping something as hard as you can and it does happen that's why the machines in the woods they do get a little bit beat up but the newer machines as they're getting newer they they get scuffed up you're not going to stop the paint from getting scuffed up but the dents in that seems to be getting less and less and less because the machines are being better built over and over again sure Sure. Well, um, Megan and Peter both, uh, I'm going to ask you to take a a short break with us here because we are commercial radio. We're uh, sponsored by a number of great sponsors, and we have to give them a little time. We'll come right back with our uh, Let the Sawdust Fly segment here shortly. But I want to tell you, first of all, uh, I have been getting great sleep thanks to my pillow that's manufactured right here in Minnesota. When they came to me uh, six, eight months ago and said, hey, Brad, we want you to try my pillow and want to see if you'd be willing to be a sponsor of it. I thought, you know, what is it? A pillow? How, you know, how much can it help? And I was a little bit skeptical, but I'll tell you what, you get a great uninterrupted night's sleep uh, if you use a my pillow manufactured right here in the state of Minnesota. Uh, no more flat, endless pillows. It's, uh, it, it really can change your sleeping habits completely. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the MyPillow.com website, MyPillow.com, and click Click on the two-pack special. Uh, you pay for one premium MyPillow, and you get the second one free plus shipping. Uh, so go to MyPillow.com, click on the two-pack special. Uh, you'll pay for one. You'll get the other one free. And there's some other things you'll get along with it. You'll get a 10-year guarantee on manufacturer defects. In other words, they want to make sure that you're satisfied with that pillow. You'll also get a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it for any reason whatsoever. Return the pillow and uh, they'll give you your money back. So, and besides that, you can toss a MyPillow into your washer or dryer uh, and it's like brand new again. It fluffs up 
like brand new. So not only is it made right here in the United States, it's made right here in Minnesota by the MyPillow people. So again, go to MyPillow.com, click on the two-pack special, buy one at the regular price, get the second one free plus shipping, and make sure you use the promo code 710, just like this radio station. That'll give you the discount. Or better yet, you can call them at 800-952-9356. That's 800-952-9356. And we'll be right back after this quick break here on Sound Off and let the sawdust fly. Did you miss Brad this morning? Catch Sound Off on your schedule. Download the podcast today at 710WDSM.com. WDSM AM 710 and FM 98.1. No. I don't know. I can't believe it. Did did you find it? I am. Blotch, the fur, the mighty Scots pine, the smell of fresh-cut timber, the crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the laboratory. On Wednesday, I'll go shopping and have buttered Go to the tea. laboratory. I think you do that behind a tree, Peter. I'm not uh, sure you It doesn't have matter that. when you're working, you just got to go and you got to go and it's time to keep going. <laughs> I still laugh. uh, I know. It it just blows me away every time I hear that song. I don't know where in the world he goes. We've been noticing in the city, at least, and uh, photographs on Facebook and stuff, a lot of bears. Really? In Duluth itself? Have you been noticing a lot of bears in the woods? No, no, I haven't. They're all coming into the city. They want to be city slickers. <laughs> they're they're getting uh, they're getting high techized. I guess you could say they want to be where there's more people. Maybe they're I getting think the jealous. Garbage cans have better food, is what I think it is. <laughs> Might be, or they just want they want their they want their um, they want their phones too. They want to be seen and heard. <laughs> <laughs> they're in the wrong uh, life. Say, Megan, I have a legitimate question for you. Um, when, when you when you get a sales call uh, from a logger, a logger calls up and says, you know, I really think I would like to have this piece of equipment, but I don't know if I can economically make it work for me. Is part of your job to do the uh, to push the pencil and try to figure out if this piece of equipment will actually save that logger time and money? Oh, definitely. So I would work with my um, some of my counterparts at John Deere as well as closely with the dealer themselves, McCoy, and maybe even break it down to the logger. This is what your cost per hour would be to own this machine. And would your output of productivity help, you know, cover this cost? And it is our job to work closely with the dealer and the customer to make sure that the piece of equipment that they're purchasing is going to make the most sense for their operation. 
Yeah, that uh, you know because I would think that for some loggers that would be you know the big thing is they they look at a piece of equipment they see that price tag and they say oh man there's no way I can make that pay for itself, but if you actually sat down and figured the amount of time it might save you and the amount of productivity increase that you can get it might just be uh, exactly what you need. Exactly, we do examples like that um, quite frequently with while we're working closely with the customers. So, Peter, what have you seen in the uh, in the realm of uh, John Deere products recently, maybe in the last couple of years, that has really kind of opened your eyes and said, boy, that's a piece of equipment that uh, I wish we'd had years ago? Uh, I noticed one thing. I'm way behind on technology is what I really noticed, really far behind because <laughs> it's so far advanced. I mean, to me, having a cell phone that works like they do where you can even get lines out in the woods, that's really something. We have that, we have that in our pockets out there. Um, what, what I think is, is, um, what they're really doing a lot on is trying to make the learning curve way, way faster. Like for me, I learned the slow, old fashioned, hard way, what works, what doesn't work, how to move your equipment about in the woods. And you can, and after many, many years, any logger that's been in there for a long, long time, you can look at a job site and almost instantly know which way to go really, really fast. And where somebody like John Deere comes along and they take that where they can take somebody that has only six months worth of knowledge and can pick it up and figure out where to go right away instantly. So the learning of out in the woods has shrunk greatly because of technology between the manufacturer, the dealer, and the end user, the construction or the logger, the miner out in the field. For, for like instance, we were having a conversation last night on a production truck that would be hauling heavy material on a construction job site, and John Deere would monitor it. And they monitor many machines, but they noticed that this one machine was going down a hill. They didn't know it was going down a hill, but at certain times this machine was being over-revved, and they let the, ah. the dealer knew about it, red-flagged it up, your motor's being revved, red flagged because it's revving over rev, and in about a short time, you're going to have a big parts list because that motor's going to come apart. So what they do is the guy that's monitoring, Megan talk about that more than me, but basically he lets the dealer know, the dealer, well, the dealer knows, the mechanic knows, the head guy calls the owner and says, this machine is doing this here pretty soon. He goes and talks to the operator, either you're going to be stopped driving this or I'm going to get somebody else in because there's going to be parts in the ground and we do not want it. That's where the connection between sure. dealer, manufacturer, and end user that we do, the buying of it, has greatly changed, I would say, what, Megan, the last two years? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the rate at which technology is changing for our loggers has been rapid over the last two to three years, for sure. Mm-hmm. Just well, amazing. Peter, I have a I have a little suggestion for you on technology. Uh, you should get rid of that double axed, uh, that double bladed axe, and they got this thing now called chainsaws. Oh, really? I, 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 yeah. I heard that they even uh, run, but I haven't heard the noise yet. Well, they have they have a motor on them, and it actually goes right through the tree like butter. I mean, it's <laughs> wow, unreal. I'm still with the old cross cut out there. <laughs> I just couldn't help pulling your leg a little bit. Uh, or a Scandinavian well, you know saw. <laughs> there you go. 
Hey, uh, we have got to take our bottom of the hour news break. Uh, but when we come back, I want to talk to uh, Megan and Peter a little bit more about some of the changes that you've seen in the industry. Uh, some some equipment, I would assume, can be beneficial, can be helpful. Uh, other equipment, uh, it, you really got to be a fairly large operation to make some of it pay for. But we'll talk yes, a little bit about do. that when we come back. Okay. More of Sound Off is on the way. Coming up at 11, it's your daily fix of Rush. 710 and FM 98.1 WDSM. Oh, man, listen to that. Those brats look and smell fantastic. I stopped into TJ's Country Corner just off I-35 in Mattawa. They had more than 30 kinds of brats, old-time Polish sausage, and family recipe Scandinavian potato sausage. For over 40 years, TJ's in Mattawa has been making the best sausages around with no fillers. Had to get some hot dogs, too. Best ever. At TJ's, they say Our Worst is Best. You better believe it. TJ's Country Corner online at OurWorstIsBest.com or stop in seven days a week just off I-35 in Mattawa. Country. Updates brought to you by Lady O'Collins Emporium, 31 West Superior Street, a place of magic in downtown Duluth, 722-2240. That's Lady O'Collins Emporium. WDSM on AM 710 and now on FM 98.1. Oh, you know, she's so nice. Boy, I don't know if this uh, music is supposed to indicate Pete's age or what it is. <laughs> I know it's it's old, but I really like it. It's not my style, it but good. it is cool to listen to it. Decided with it because of the title of the song, Woodchopper's Ball. Woodchopper's Ball. There you go. I it's like quite it. quite something. Yeah, because we were talking off air here a little bit that uh, Megan and I that. Um, with with the experience that I have or other log, fellow loggers out there have of many, many years of experience, I have over 50 years in the business out there. And what John Deere has taken, the probably the concept is oh, probably 10 years old now, but they've taken 50 years of experience or more and condensed it down to where you can get it in about five months, roughly. Wow. It's... It's unreal because they're trying to make, like everybody, we're trying to make it faster and better. And you kind of feel dinosaurish a little bit. You feel like you're being replaced. But in a way, you are, but you're not because you have to get the next generation ready. And if you don't do that, it'll. you're only a one-term thing. It's going to die out fast. Sure. Sure. And so with, with this technology, that's why with monitoring machines, like the machine with the with the over revving the motor and that the, that's being monitored by an individual at the stores here and Megan can hit on that really good where what's really interesting what they're doing in the last two years roughly mm-hmm. so telematics has um, become more and more prevalent on all of our pieces of equipment especially forestry equipment over the last few years and uh, the uh, indiv- in- individual named Randy who works at the dealership for McCoy he's the machine monitoring specialist so his job is to monitor all of the telematics um, that's working on all of their equipment over has to be over 4,000 machines um, across the US and um, his job is to look for codes that come through where the operator might be over revving the engine. He sees that come through on his map on his four different big monitors in his office and then he calls the customer. His job is to let the customer know this is happening, this is what can be done and um, let us know what else we can do to help. So you know, we realize that customers, they more and more is getting put on their plate. They have to do more in less time. So the dealership and John Deere, we just want to help in any way that we can. And that's what well, Megan, one way Megan Randy does that. 
Megan, it sounds almost a little like Big Brother monitoring, but no, I can see that this is a way of uh, uh, maybe helping the operator or the logger be a little more effective with the way they're operating the machine and get more out of it. Definitely. Our customers are pulling for this. So the logger, the owner of the operation, they're pulling for this support. They're pulling for this help from their local dealer. And they're looking for any insight, advice, support that they can get. And our yeah. telematics on these forestry um, pieces are, is doing just that. Megan, are you finding that uh, computer technology is becoming more and more prevalent, prevalent even in logging equipment today? I mean, uh, for example, I can tell you this story. I, I recently bought a battery-operated uh, hedge trimmer. Uh, no, no more plug-in, no more motors. Uh, you, you plug it into a socket, and it charges up the battery that's already in the machine. You don't have to pull the battery out or nothing else. And when it uh, when it logs a, a number of lights outside of the handle, you know it's fully charged. Well, uh, and then to start it, you have to put like a plastic computer key into the device. Are you seeing more and more of that now where uh, technology is kind of advancing more and more all the time? Oh, yes. In the forestry equipment, we have digital maps um, for the operator to make um, his life easier to tell him where the stems are, where the bunches are um, on the job site. And then we also have maps for the job site foreman outside of the machine so he can get a bird's eye view of that operation and all of the job sites that he's responsible for. It's all about getting more done in less time sure. and bridging that gap of lack of experience. Um, well, Peter makes fun of the fact that he thinks his technology is backward. But I'll tell you what, I happen to know, uh, I've known Peter for many, many years. And I know that a big part of uh, being a good logger is being a good business person, too. Yes. And I'll never forget, uh, years ago, I heard Peter talk at a at a logging uh, conference that they had. They asked me to come and speak. I don't know why, but it was fun. But I heard, uh, I heard Peter talk about the fact that he had... Uh, seeing the price of of uh, gasoline going up and down all the time, and they use so much of it in the logging business that he decided to invest in a tank that he could put in the ground and store X amount of uh, fuel. Uh, he could buy it when it was inexpensive and use it uh, when the price went up. And that made absolute sense to me as a business person, Peter, that you're, uh, you're using your common sense to decide how to uh, use technology better and more efficiently. Yes, uh, I slowly keep learning it. I say dinosaurish or sledgehammer and that, but the truth is, is I try and learn slowly because you're so busy working all the time, and what John Deere is doing is they're taking, like I said, 50 years and condensing it down to five months because when I come on the job site or I look at things, I can figure out, okay, you guys have been producing really good or you haven't. You, you can just tell. You just know. But if, if you only have about five years' experience, you're not going to be able to do it as fast. And speed, technology, production is everything. So they can monitor a machine that has been sitting, let's say, a buncher out in the backwoods that has been sitting there for, let's say, two hours, and they're going to know it, isn't it, Megan, where they can monitor and they can see where the machine is at. And it hasn't moved for two hours, and it's 20 below it. They're going to check on what's wrong. Is the guy taking a nap or what's happening? Yep. So, 
Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, Peter, I don't know if you have availability to uh, come up with another one of those hats that says, uh, let the logging, or how do, what, did, uh, what did it say that you had? Uh, <laughs> it says, make logging great again. Make logging great again. You want one? Because, well, I, I've had a request from one of our listeners who listens to us online. He used to be from the uh, Twin Ports area. I think he now lives down in Illinois or something like that, and and he asked me if there was any way I could get him one of those hats because he wanted to wear it uh, down where he lives now to show people that logging is a big part of the industry up here in the Northland. Well, tell him 500 bucks, he can have one for sure. No, <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, if we could get, if you could give uh, Kenny or my text me his name and address and that. I will do that. I we'll, was we'll, just we'll, looking. We'll get we'll yeah. get him a hat for sure, for sure. All you right. Know, and, I was uh, just looking for it on my phone, uh, but I will get it to Kenny, and then he can pass it along yeah. to you. What it is, folks, is we, we had hats while well, Scott Dane came up with the idea is getting these hats made that says on the front, making logging great again. And it just seems like it took off. And they're made, they are made in America. They are beautiful hats. And I did have one, but I when we met with uh, – the Secret Service, and when Vice President Pence was in town, one of the Secret Service guys wanted the hat. Wanted a hat. I gave him my hat because I thought these guys don't get a whole lot, and they're always putting their lives on the line. So you I, bet. Give him a hat. What the big deal is? And he was happy. And he gave me a couple of pins and from the Secret Service, and I was happy, and he was happy, and they are beautiful hats. And that's what he's talking about: making logging great again. It's it's a cliche saying that was started by President Trump, and it's stuck with a lot of things and. Yeah. Logging is just another industry, just like farming or mining, and the technology keeps growing, and I hope to keep growing a little bit. I'm just not growing as fast as what, like, Megan and what they're producing. I'm not even close, so I'm kind well, of dragging my Peter, feet on Peter, we are privileged on this uh, program on WDSM to have you guys come on once a month to let people know uh, what's going on in the logging industry here in Minnesota. And uh, it has become a very, a very well-listened-to segment. A lot of people tune into this segment every month, and they love to hear the latest of what's going on. And, Megan, thank you for being a part of the show this morning. Uh, uh, we've got to take our last break of, of this hour, and we're going to cut you people loose. But thank you for coming on again. Again, and thank John Deere for allowing you to be part of the show. Uh, I think you can see by listening to Megan that uh, John Deere really cares about uh, how they can help the logging industry out. So I want to thank you both for coming in again this morning. And Pete, we'll see you again next month. Thank you very much for having us. I appreciate it. Thank you so you much. Bet.